Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good morning, KSL News Time, 530. KSL's top story this hour. Turns out Utah has even more competition for the 2030 Winter Olympics. KSL News Radio's Adam Small is live with details. Adam? Amanda, four bidders has apparently turned into six. We know Salt Lake City, Sweden, Sapporo, Japan, and Vancouver, Canada have been named bidders for 2030. But recently, the head of the International Olympic Committee told the Associated Press there are five bidders outside of Sweden, meaning six total. Problem is, we don't know who two of these players are. Fraser Bullock, president and CEO for Utah's Olympic Committee, previously told me while 2030 would be great, it would still be tough to turn. Back-to-back games with Los Angeles in 28 is very challenging from a market sponsorship point of view, and we'd have an overlap. So that's operationally much more challenging. It's doable, but more challenging. Bullock says he expects us to finally hear the IOC's choice around the time the Paris Games take place next year. Reporting live, Adam Small, KSL News Radio. Deseret News reporter Lisa Riley Roach has a theory on who these new players could be. Because we do know that uh, there was a so-called European super bid being discussed recently that would include uh, France, Italy, and Switzerland. Uh, There are issues with that bid. Uh, Chamonix, France, uh, previous Olympic host, the mayor there said there was no interest. So many people thought that bid fell apart. But perhaps this indicates that 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 regional bid, again, that would include multiple countries, is still being discussed with the IOC. Boy, that's interesting. How do you do that? Oh, it's easy. you know, when we went to uh, Chamonix to ski several years ago, you fly into Geneva, Switzerland, and you get on a shuttle and drive up the canyon to uh, Chamonix. France. So that's really close. Yeah. What about the third place? Is that really close, too? Uh, I don't know where that third location would be, but uh, it's not as difficult as you might okay. think. Okay. Uh, Sapporo recently paused his 2030 bid after an alleged Olympic bribery scandal. BYU's time at the WCC tournament is done. The men's basketball team lost to St. Mary's last night. Overall, BYU finished the season 19 and 14. KSL Sports reports this is only the second time since 2005 that the team finished with fewer than 20 wins. It's been two weeks since the All-Star weekend, so how did Salt Lake businesses do? CEO and Director of the Black Chamber of Commerce, Dr. Sydney Shorter, says the All-Star weekend was a big success. So the National Basketball Players Foundation invested a million dollars here in Utah in black and community organizations. So that was significant to have that happen. Dr. Shorter says it was a sensational weekend, but there's always more they would like to do. We certainly wish that there had been an opportunity to do more from an educational standpoint. The weekend also marked the opening for the Chamber's Virtual Black History Museum in partnership with Zion Bank and Microsoft. Hugo Ricard Bell, KSL News Radio. KSL's top national stories this hour. Federal Reserve Board Chairman Jerome Powell will face Congress today. They have questions about the high interest rates and inflation. Fed Chair Powell must walk a narrow political tightrope in this week's congressional hearings, trying to explain why rising interest rates have taken so long to finally slow inflation and facing criticism that the Fed's raising rates too fast, risking creating a recession if they go too high. 
The Fed raised rates seven times last year, trying to cool rising prices. That's ABC's Andy Field. As tax day looms, there is some good news for Utah filers. A recent survey shows Utah tax rates are generally lower than average at seventh on a list of overall effective state and local tax rates. WalletHub's yearly report on the state's the highest and lowest tax rates show Utah as the state with the lowest vehicle property tax and comes in with the 27th lowest income tax, which is slightly above average among the 50 states. Utah is 10th in sales and excise taxes and is 8th in real estate tax each well below average. The personal finance website's 2023 taxpayer survey shows a whopping 81% of people more worried about inflation than taxes this year. 72% of those questioned believe their current tax rate is too high. A more complete breakdown is up at kslnewsradio.com. Mark Jackson, KSL News Radio. First look traffic now and back over to you, Andy. Amanda, today looking much better than we started off yesterday, especially the south end of the Salt Lake Valley, northern end of Utah County with dry road conditions. Do see some reduced uh, speeds going into Provo Canyon, or at least up by the uh, uh, Deer Creek portion, but looks fine through Parley's. And Big and Little Cottonwood Canyons are both open without restrictions. I'm Andy Farnsworth in the KSL Traffic Center. You may remember where you were 20 years ago this week when Elizabeth Smart was found. She'd vanished nine months earlier from her Salt Lake home. We had two reporters working the story this morning. Team coverage, Elizabeth Smart, 20 years later. And we begin with KSL News Radio's Lindsay Ertz. That first 911 call spotting Smart came from Nancy Montoya on March 12, 2003. Where do you think you see him at? I think he is right here across from Southtown Mall on State Street. Two couples later credited with spotting Smart and her abductors, Brian David Mitchell and Wanda Barzi. Those two later convicted. The next day, officials telling the world. We're here to announce officially that we have found uh, Elizabeth Smart. And the joy from her family, Utah, and the world echoed for months. It's real. (laughs) It's real. 20 years later, Smart now a parent herself and a powerful advocate for missing persons and victims of sexual assault. Lindsay Ertz, KSL News Radio. Triumph through trauma describes Elizabeth Smart's legacy two decades after she returned home. Team coverage Elizabeth Smart 20 years later continues with KSL News Radio's Britt Johnson. FBI Special Agent Jeff Ross worked the case 20 years ago, but he still vividly remembers the day they brought Elizabeth home. He says the number one lesson he's brought into his life is hope and her will to survive. He says Brian David Mitchell chose the wrong victim, saying she did all the right things during the nine months she was held captive. Ross says Elizabeth worked hard to remember dates, events, and locations, and those details put her captor behind bars. More teachers left the classroom after the end of last school year. Chalkbeat data shows the teachers aren't quitting in swarms, but there were enough of them leaving that it could impact students' learning. Washington had the most teachers leaving in the country. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.